Good evening and welcome on into another episode of Outdoor Adventures right here on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 FM 103.5 and the free iHeartRadio app. If you haven't yet, make sure you download that iHeartRadio app and you can listen and download episodes of Outdoor Adventures and listen to them anytime on your smart device. I'm Stan Poggle, average everyday outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion and my co-host, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer, Chris Kudak is on the line. It's uh, Labor Day weekend. Kudak, you doing anything fun? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all sorts of stuff going on. I got, uh, oh, LB, your buddy there. We're, we're probably at his cabin up on the lake, and we got, uh, oh, we got all sorts of festivities going on up around the lake. There are birthday party over on the east side for, for Carrie Bergeron. She's turning 55, so they got a big shindig on Saturday. So, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Sounds like a lot of trouble to me. Well, we got a pretty quick show here today. Uh, It is uh, Labor Day weekend, so we're taking a little bit of time off as well. Uh, doing a little pre-recording here. We're going to play a little bit of our uh, best of two. We'll have Rob Dreesline from the Outdoor News a little bit later, but we're going to get right into it here because we got a new guy we want to chat to. We haven't had him on Outdoor Adventures, so let's uh, welcome him in from Prescott Bait Company, Tim Matisson. How are we doing today? We're doing good. How are you doing today? We are doing fantastic. Any big plans for yourself? Are you going to do some fishing or are you going to take some time off? Well, I'm going up north chasing bass as usual. And maybe do a little walleye fishing and relax for the holiday weekend. Well, that sounds like a pretty good weekend, a little fun, a little relaxation. Um, For those that don't know about you, uh, what is Prescott Bait Company and what do you feature? Uh, We're a customs plastic company. We uh, make walleye, bass, and uh, panfish plastics. our baits excel in the wintertime on Pool 3 and Pool 4, and and our panfish baits have won a couple high school national titles, and we 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 just make really good plastic baits. And I hear uh, my buddy Kudak here, he, he's been kind of hush-hush about it, but uh, you kind of let the cat out of the bag, but some new bass baits he's been testing out for you. Uh, Kudak, how have things been going with that? Well, I'll tell you what, I... I've uh, been using them on Mille Lacs, and they work very well. I know a couple of my other buddies that fish some tournaments. They they they're wanting to get their hands on them, but but Tim Tim hasn't released them to them guys yet. They're they're over here looking at my my stuff in the living room, my little bag, and I said I'd give you some, but I'm I'm almost out. I said the bass are just eating these things. They do they do work. I was up the camp confidence last weekend, and I I had some panfish stuff that Tim was good enough to send me, and. I'll tell you what, the stuff works. It, it is unbelievable. We didn't use any live bait. We used all plastics. I had uh, some adult handicap guys in my boat. And I'll tell you what, we, every cast we had a panfish on. So uh, it's it's made made a believer out of me. I'm, I'm not a plastics guy, but more and more I use these plastics, the more and more I believe about them. Right. It takes You just keep using them and get the confidence in them. And you'll ne- I don't buy live bait anymore. It's all plastics year-round for me. So for, they, it's amazing. My my plastic is a very extremely soft plastic, subtle with very good action, and we use a scent on them too to cover up any plastic scent and add add a little tasty treat to it. 
Well, uh, checking out your website here, you can check them out at prescottbaitcompany.com. And uh, everything from uh, panfish to walleye rigs. And you also got a cool thing that I like because I'm not a plastics guy. I'm still learning, and Kudak's uh, uh, kind of teaching me a little bit along the way here, too. But for somebody that's maybe new to the game, you got these pro packs. Uh, can you explain what that is? It looks like a good thing for somebody like me that maybe just wants to get started and uh, test them out. Yeah, our walleye pro packs or walleye sauger pro packs, they're pretty much designed for the winter fishing down on the Mississippi on Pool 4. They got a great following down there, and they work they work any time of year on any body of water. But they're specifically where that group of plastics was designed for down there, the colors. Um, they include our paddle tail, a curly tail fluke, and that's a fluke with a G curly tail on it. It's just a great bait. And um, a three-inch mini fluke, where uh, when the water temp gets below 50 degrees, you just drop that down to the bottom, hold it for a count of 10, and usually gets crushed. I mean, the winter fishing on Pool 4 is just a, just amazing. Well, and br- the panfish kits, that's kind of our choice when we put our colors in. We, we know what colors are working around the area in the Midwest, because we, we travel quite a bit. I go down to Iowa, I go over Minnesota, Wisconsin, and once in a while sneak out to North Dakota. And it's just, a, it's really good colors. I mean, I've got a smoke red glitter that panfish just love, and the basic hot pink, too. Yeah, the hot pink was uh, the hot one this weekend. I I uh, I had that on mine, and I caught many, many sunnies and crappies and a few largemouth on that. On my, what I was using, and it, it, like I said, it, it may make it, the more and more you use it, and you you work it, and you you figure out how to work them and this and that, and uh, they work. I mean, it's a it, it's a good product, and and I, you you know not too long ago, Ron Shear had a deal on you on on TV about it, and and how can people get a hold of you and see all your product and where, where can they get them at? Um, online on www.prescottbaitcompany.com or basically online store. Um, there's a few local resorts around here that carry our baits and, and Malak's uh, port side there, Johnson's port side might still have a few up there, but your best bet to get the colors you want and, and I usually ship in two to three days is to go online at our website and um, check us out on Facebook too. Usually have some good reports, some good information going on there. And, and it, you know, it's just been fun. I get, I get people sending me pictures every day of the fish they catch on our baits. And I, I've seen the largest walleye now caught on our baits is 31 inches. Wow. And we had a 12 pounder caught from shore on the Mississippi on one of our paddle tails. And that was this past year. And I mean, some really big fish have been coming in on our baits and it's just been fun. It's been a fun year doing the filming with the share productions and wild on the water and meeting Kudak up there. And it's been, it's been a great season for me. We're chatting with Tim Matheson or Matheson of Prescott Bank Company. You can check him out at prescottbaitcompany.com. And you mentioned a bit earlier uh, about my favorite uh, time of the year, and that is ice fishing. What do you have for the ice fishermen out there this year, Tim? Well, we've got this bait called a little critter. It's a 
it's uh, all about a quarter inch long with little tentacles coming out of it. And you, you really don't have to jig it much because there's so much live action in the tentacles. And it's, it's a perfect bait for those big bluegills that, you know, they just come in and they give it one little nip. And if you're not watching, you're not going to get them. Well, these tentacles, they seem to suck it in a little longer and hang on to it a little longer. Um, it's a great bait. Plus, we've got a, a bloodworm that's uh, excellent for crappies, perch, big bluegills, inch and a quarter plastic, scented. Um, and we've got stingers, ball tails, um, little tiny flukes. We, we've got a wide variety and a wide assortment. Your best bet is to order the Pro Kit. comes with some jigs and a big variety of all our baits. Oh, and we got the little itchy, too. It's a mosquito larva that we just came out with last year. That, that's a great little bait, too. Well, you definitely come up with, you got a good marketing department. You've definitely come up with some clever names for some of your baits, that is for yeah. sure. Uh, Tim Matisson is our guest here from Prescott Bait Company. PrescottBaitCompany.com is their website. Any uh, final words here before we wrap things up, Tim? No. Um, well, one thing I just want to bring up with our panfish baits, I've been drop-shotting them this summer on a little size 14 hook. So, they, you know, as Kudak says, they work, they work great in open water. They work great in hard water. Um, give them a shot. Check us out. Like us on Facebook, and you know they work. Yes, they do. Well, I appreciate your time, Tim Atison of Prescott Bait Company. Thanks for checking in with Outdoor Adventures, and I'm sure we'll be in touch in the future. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. That is Tim Matisson of Prescott Bait Company. You can get more information at prescottbaitcompany.com. Chris Kudak and Stan Pago with Outdoor Adventures. We'll have uh, Rob Dreesline, an interview we did uh, earlier here about a month ago. We'll replay that coming up next. And I'll uh, be back to wrap things up here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. More Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Just had a guy the other day call in, Kudak. In fact, last week it was. He was asking, how, how, do I, how do I listen to your show if I'm not on the road listening to the radio? And I told him about the iHeart app and walked him through it. Real simple. He's got it downloaded, and now he listens to it more on the iHeartRadio app. He, he's going to be listening to us this week, he said on there. Well, that's good because I, I I had some guys from over Wisconsin. I talked to them and they they said the same thing. And I told them how to go to our our deal and 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 get it out. And by golly, they're they're listening to it too. So I, more and more people are 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 getting our uh, our podcast and our 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 radio. I was going to ask you. You don't happen to have an old girlfriend that lives in Germany, do you? Because I noticed on our Facebook page we have people from Germany on there. Well, it could be. You know, I can't. Ah. I can't dis- disclose all my secrets, but I, you never know. I've heard of people getting around, but that's getting a little ridiculous. That's, I mean, that's twelve-hour flight stuff. There, that's a well, lot of work. You know, 
We got them in Texas. We got them, uh, you know, we got a lot of people listening down south. I got, you know, four or five buddies and people that I know in Texas that listen to us every weekend. Good deal. So uh, make sure you download that iHeartRadio app. You can listen to us live from 5 to 6 every Saturday. And if you miss any part of the show, you can download it for free and uh, listen to it anytime on the free iHeartRadio app. Well, without further ado, he has a lot of stuff to talk about. Our, he, he's kind of our, uh, we're, we're kind of the brawn and he's kind of the brains of the operation. Rob Dreesline is joining us here today. He's the managing editor of the Outdoor News Publication. And he's always, always a wealth of information and he's got plenty of stuff for us to chat about today. How are we doing, Rob? Very well. Hey, it's, it's good to hear from you guys. Uh, beautiful weekend here in, in Minnesota. Yeah, we're going to have to get through this because I'm sure on a beautiful day like this, you got plenty of things to uh, chat about. But uh, where do you want to start off first? I know you had a long list of things. I know you're down at ICAST. How did that go? Very well. Yeah, the uh, that's the ICAST. You know, I don't even know what ICAST stands for, guys. It's it's the the fishing equivalent of the Shot Show, uh, which is the big shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show in Las Vegas every winter. ICAST is is the big fishing trade show. That's held down at the Orange County Convention Center uh, in uh, in Central Florida, in Orlando, uh, during you know the hottest month of the year. Uh, but hey, it's inside, and um, it, was, it was the weather was actually fairly pleasant down there. It wasn't wasn't a whole lot warmer down there than it was here. Uh, but uh, they had uh, between six and seven hundred exhibitors. It's a trade show. It's not a consumer show, so there's a lot of buying and selling, a lot of dealers uh, from around the country, a lot of media. And uh, I'd say it was real positive. It was the biggest ICAST show ever. It's been four years since I'd been there, and um, and it was it was it was bigger. The booth seemed more professional. It just seemed like uh, the fishing industry's on a, on a nice upswing. And you know, I was there last year, and, and you know, they got everything under one roof. And I mean, it's a it's a fun show. But when I was there, it was so hot that you you didn't want you didn't want to go anywhere but right to your air conditioned room because it was miserable down there. Yeah, yeah, they uh, you know they've got some walkways. They don't have skyway. <laughs> yeah, let's face it, they they don't have winter down there. But uh, you know the, the evenings were all right. We walked to, to dinner a couple nights, and it was uh, you know after seven thirty or so, it was it was tolerable. So, uh, and we had that that hot weather here a couple weeks ago, and so uh, we we were dealing with it with it here too. Is there anything in particular, anything uh, groundbreaking that? you notice down there or is it just kind of more of the same uh kind of improvements to things well i i would say mostly there's a lot of improvements um there's there were a couple reels that that caught my eye uh, shimano's new uh corrado dc pretty impressive they got a computer chip in there it's a bait casting reel it supposedly measures the the rate at which uh the spool is spinning a thousand times per what? second and adjusts a thousand times per second so that it if it if if it perceives it, the line going out too fast, it, it'll adjust and prevent a backlash. So, you know, they're they're kinda of touting it as one of the first backlash free uh reels. I don't think it's completely backlash free, let's face it. There's <laughs> always gonna be some human error. Yeah. But you know, bass fishing's expanding uh, into this part of the country even more and I think uh, this reel is going to introduce a lot of new anglers to, to bait casters. How much did it cost, Rod? Well, <laughs> you know what? They say it's a $500 reel that they're selling for $250. It's $500 <laughs> worth of technology for $250. Bucks. I understand a lot of people out there going, wow, but you can spend a whole lot more than $250. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if people test a lot of different reels, so you might be surprised how many folks are willing to spend that much uh, on a reel like that. 
uh, you know, the kayak thing continues. There's there are a lot of kayak uh, dealers, uh, manufacturers selling kayaks, and then the electronics thing continues to explode. You guys, uh, and it really seems like Garmin is coming on strong. They've got this uh, what do they call it, Panoptics. Panoptics, yeah. That uh, is pretty amazing, man. I, I got to think a lot of ice fishermen are going to start uh, employing that uh, up in this part of the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, electronics, it never ceases to do amaze me how they come up with new ideas. Well, Garmin's been on Mille Lacs now for over a week and a half. You know, they, they, they own Navionics now. They bought, they required Navionics here a couple of years ago, and they had five boats out there remapping Mille Lacs for the last five, six days. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, and and you know, and you look at these boats, and I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I'd want to get. They're they're big, huge John boats with cabs on them, and on windy days, they they didn't dare go out. I mean, we'd go out with the you know, go off with fishing boats, but they weren't taking them boats out. But I'll tell you what, them guys were. They started at uh, they were staying at Terry's Boat Harbor, and two or three of them would go to the north end, and two or three would start in the middle, and they would just back and forth all day long. You know, I, I made a quick point in my column that, I mean, when I was a kid in the mid-'80s, you know, ice fishing and open water fishing and, you know, kind of messing around with graphs, to think how far that technology has come in, in this time. But today's kids, you don't know how good you got it. I'm telling you, it's incredible, this technology, and how affordable it's become, too. Well, I fished with Cher for three, four days last week, and, and we were talking about the, you know, the, the locators and – you know, we went to a few spots, and I said, ah, well, I, will, I don't need that. I says, you know, he, we used his boat, and I didn't have nothing marked, and I pulled up to a. He goes, how do you do that? I go, see that rock? See that tip there and that point there and that antenna? Right there. And I've done it with Les Meister before, and he just shakes his head. I says, you've been doing it as long as I have. you got your landmarks. I says, if they ever move that tree or, or move that rock, I'm in big <laughs> trouble because it'll, it'll take me a little longer to get it. But, you know, could, could you imagine... And I, we were, me and Cher were talking, if they said, all right, you're going to go fish a tournament, and that's all you have is a flasher and a compass. <laughs> There'd be a lot well, of uh, pro anglers going out of, out of pro angling, I'm guessing. Yeah. It would well, be, uh... and, and then back when we started fishing tournaments back in the old days, you know, we had a 35 horse, and we thought that was a big tiller motor on a 16-foot boat with aluminum seats. You know, you had Roach and, and, you know, Randy Amarud and all them guys. And then we went to the 50 horse. And then, boy, we thought we were the top dogs, you know. And now look at, now they're coming out with a 400. I think Yamaha come out with a 450 motor. Right. Where's yeah, it going to quit? I, I don't know, man. I, you know, what, what, what's, the, what's the extent that, that humans can, can handle, uh, you know, how fast can they go on the water, right, before they start to feel like an astronaut? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely uh, changing as the days go by. So that sounds like it was a fun trip down there in Florida for ICAST. Uh, did you get any beach time down there? <laughs> I did not. You know what? We flew in uh, the Tuesday evening, did uh, 48 hours pretty hardcore uh, at the show, and, and flew back. So, no, I didn't I didn't get to the coast, didn't get on the water or anything. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, to maybe do that uh, this winter, uh, spend some, some time on the water down there. Sure. Well, let's uh, move on to the next thing. We're chatting with Rob Dreesline, Managing Editor of the Outdoor News Publication. And uh, uh, unfortunately, we had a passing, uh, Howard Hansen, here in the past few weeks. And, and I know you and Kudak know a lot more about the man than, than I ever will. So uh, we'll just let you uh, kind of go here, Rob, and uh, kind of uh, inform the listeners what he, what he meant to the industry, what he did, and what he stood for. 
Well, yeah, I, you know, Howard, I, I didn't know him real well. Maybe, maybe Chris knew him better than I did. I, I met him I probably at least a half dozen or a dozen times over the years. Uh, I believe he was uh, he had a photography business, film developing business. That's how he, he made his money. But he got you know he got involved in, in monitoring some of these treaty rights battles, and uh, you know uh, worked very hard to bring uh, you know some of these concerns about natural resources, what what these treaty right battles meant for natural resources, to the you know to the to the general public. And uh, he was an important source uh, for Outdoor News as we were reporting on these issues over the years. I, I believe he, uh, he even got involved in politics a little bit. Uh, he, uh, he worked with Linda Eno when, uh, when she ran for, uh, for the governor. What was that, Chris, eight years ago, something like that? Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, Howard was, was always the guy who was willing to, um, you know, offer a quote and, and, and did a lot of research and provide information to the media and the general public about, hey, this is what some of these treaty rights battles could mean on the ground uh, or on the water uh, for, uh, for sportsmen. And, and he was involved with the perm. I mean, he him and perm were were back to back. I I know he he had a lot of my friends in uh, snap printing in Hopkins. He was a regular there, getting getting stuff printed and doing this and that to let people know what's going on. And Howard's going to be very very missed. He was a, a very good. I I, you know, I met him a oh, half dozen dozen times, and he was a, a very sincere man. And and. He wanted people to know what what's going on in, in in the you know the fishing the outdoor industry. Yeah, exactly. I, he was eighty three, I believe. I didn't realize he was that old. Uh, led a you know a big, full, uh, exciting, all American original life, and uh, so rest in peace, uh, Mr. Hanson. We are chatting with Rob Dreesline of the Outdoor News here on Outdoor Adventures. If you have a question for him or a comment, you can call us up six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. Still ahead, we got a chat to him about the fancy new Bell Museum happening. Also, uh, some reports on grouse numbers. That's looking like they're down a bit. And we'll chat a little bit about uh, regulations as well as far as it goes with hunting and fishing when we come back for the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk. disaster every week here on outdoor adventures thanks for tuning in i'm stan poggle and i was always joined by my co-host well host what am i talking about he's a host of the show now chris kudak yeah you got it right that time Stan. gosh dang it i gotta catch myself again well before we go i'm just gonna put you on hold for just a second kudak because we have a uh, caller here and i can unfortunately have three people on at once so let's make sure we do this without uh, dropping our guest uh, rob Dreesline. But uh, let's go to uh, George. He's calling in. Go ahead, George. Hey, Rob, I'd just like to give you a thank, but all the sportsmen around the state of Minnesota owe you a thank you for keeping the politicians' feet on the, uh, on, on the fire for trying to. It seems like whoever's in power tries to go after that Lassard Sam's money. And like I say, we, uh, we really owe you, uh, like I say, a debt for trying to keep that in everybody's mind. So. Well, um, can you still hear me? I presume you can. Um, I, I really appreciate that. No, I, I certainly hear about it uh, from, from folks who think uh, we criticize their favorite politician too often. So uh, it's nice to hear a comment like that. And uh, I, I just would point out August 18th at Game Fair, we're hoping to have the two uh, gubernatorial candidates who win their respective primary uh, do a debate. Uh, I believe it's going to be at 1 o'clock at Game Fair. Uh, myself and Ron Shera are going to emcee it. 
And one of the questions is going to be, hey, are you guys going to, whoever we elect, are you going to respect the integrity of that Lasard Sam's Council, their their recommendations? So uh, we, we, you know, we got Dayton on record on that eight years ago. We want to make sure we get whoever the next governor is on record here uh, next month. Just one last thing. Like I say, I still like to refer to uh, loose domestic cats. I, I stole it from you back in your years on the fan outdoors as ditch cougars. And that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember where I picked that term up, but it, uh, I like it. It's, it's stuck with a lot of people. Yeah, good. Oh, that is good. Well, that's that, just if you're still listening, George, that's that's why we have Rob on. You know, they you're only as smart as your friends are sometimes, so that's why we have Rob on the show because he's definitely a wealth of information. But uh, let's continue on, Rob. Uh, we uh, did a little bit on the ICAST, also the passing of Howard Hansen, but uh, I wanted to get into this. Speaking of politics, there's been a lot of chat lately of, you know, tariffs and extra taxes and whether we can dig or drill or whatever. So there's been a lot of talk over the past years as far as mining up in the boundary waters. What's the latest on that? Well, you know, it's this this thing's going to go on for years. There was one little news note this week. Uh, Tom Emmer, the uh, congressman here from Central Minnesota, he well, and and Nolan, the Democrat from from the Northeast, they had they had co-authored an amendment to that was it the Interior Budget Bill, I believe that um, you know was was uh, going to prevent a. Oh, you know, you get into there's so much minutia here, but it, I believe it was going to prevent uh, you know. Uh, I, I, I apologize. Anyway, all I know is that he did not attach the amendment. Emmer said that uh, the reason he didn't was because the, the Trump administration is, is pushing forward on allowing mining anyway, so the amendment was obsolete. The folks who are against mining up there, the, the sportsmen from the, for the Boundary Waters, they were, they were glad to see Emmer drop this. I, I, I encourage folks to read this week's Outdoor News to understand all the minutiae of why, why he, he removed that, but, uh, but that was the latest wrinkle in, in that debate. And Rob, what do you think about these two that are running for governor now and their running mates? They're one's from the Red Lake Nation, and I don't know where the other one is from. But this should be an interesting deal here because I know they have a they got a deal here up at McCoy's for I don't know what one it is, but they they got uh, one of them coming up there, and it it should be interesting to see where where this goes with them. Yeah, you know, truth be told, I haven't really dug into the the details with with all these candidates so far. Uh, you know, I, there's so many out there right now that until you get to the primary, which I believe is August 14th, yep. that's when I really drill into it. Uh, you know, I'll say that there's there's a couple, uh, you know, reasonably strong looking candidates out there. I think this Tim Walls, uh, you know, it understands sportsman's issues on on the Democratic side. Jeff Johnson on, on the gubernatorial on the Republican side was uh, he was at the outdoor news during Turkey Classic, so he's trying to reach out to sportsmen. So uh, you know, I'd encourage folks to really delve into the details with all these candidates uh, and, and vote in that primary. Yeah, and that actually Kudak, it's going to be Jeff Johnson. Uh, his running mate is from the uh, Red Lake Nation, and then I think it's Tim Waltz. His running mate is uh, from the White Earth Nation. But uh, that McCoy's meeting that is coming up Friday night. Uh, I want to say six to nine, but I could be mistaken. But you can find just Google it on, on the internet. But uh, they're having a big uh, town hall supposedly with uh, Jeff Johnson, one of the candidates for uh, governor here in the state of Minnesota, and he's going to be answering questions as well. Of course, you both know as far as what's going on up there. A lot of, a uh, lot of uh, opinions and hot opinions on both sides of the aisle. So. 
Uh, he's supposedly going to be taking some questions and answer, trying to answer them from the citizens there up there. So if you ever want a time to, you know, we hear it all the time, Rob, where people, you know, and I have friends too, they're always, you know, whining about this or whining about that, but they never will go straight to the person and tell them, you know, they just talk them out and amongst friends. So if you really want something to happen, this is a good thing to check out. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, stop venting on social media and actually talk to these people face to face. And uh, I would just add again on that uh, October eighteenth debate, we're going to do a game for it. There will be a question about Malak too. I promise. And that was what well, I was going to go ahead. Correct. I, I I might even have to. I was with Cheryl all last week, so I uh, I might even have to come down there for that one and see if I could get my two cents in. Yeah, no, it'd be good to have you, Chris. We'd love to have you. Just don't stop at the local pub on the way there. <laughs> No, well, but, you, n- you never know. <laughs> get you all fired up. That was one other thing before we let you go here, Rob. I wanted to ask you about too. Um, just as far as sportsmen in general in Congress, from what I and I don't know where I can't even remember where I read this or saw it, but I, from what I remember, it's like fifteen to twenty percent of our Congress people are actual sportsmen, and that may be being generous. So how do we how how do we trust they're going to do the right thing for us when they don't even know the difference between a 12 gauge and a rifle. Wow. There's a lot there, Stan. Um, I've got a friend named Steve Klein. He's a lobbyist for the Theodore Roosevelt conservation partnership in DC. He's one of our best assets, I think in, in, uh, in Washington. And, you know, I, I went and interviewed him a couple of years ago and, and I'd like to say that Steve's my favorite Republican. He's uh, you know, very bright guy, you know, but very pro conservation, uh, and I said, you know, what, what can we do? I basically asked the same question that you just asked. And he said, we need more sportsmen in Washington. I suspect that 15 to 20 percent number that you, that you have there, Stan, is very generous. That, yep. that probably includes guys that, you know, maybe just bought a fishing license and went fishing once in the past year. Sure. Um, you know, in terms, in terms of guys or gals who actually go out and recreationally shoot or, you know, are, devote several days or a week to hunting, I, I bet it's low single digits. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one reason is, yeah, a lot of sportsmen talk a good game about our issues, but when they go into the ballot box, it's not, it's not necessarily conservation or natural resources or sportsmen's issues that they're thinking about. And that boggles my mind because that's all I think about when I vote. Uh, I think I'm, I'm the weirdo. I'm probably the anomaly there. But I think we need more people out there to put their vote where their mouth is and get behind these issues when they, when they support or don't support a candidate. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because you, you you get a lot of these guys, they they go in there and they're they're thinking about something else besides you know the the hunting and the fishing and the and the sportsman's rights. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're mad about their taxes. They're mad about their health care, and and those are important issues. Uh, you know, I, at the same time, I think we we got a pretty high standard of living in this country compared to most of the rest of the world. Uh, and I, I'd like to kind of keep it that way. And, and it's, uh, a key part of that for me is, is the recreational opportunities we have in this country. Yeah, and they well, call uh, it, they call us greenies sometimes, you know, oh, save the trees or save the waters. But at the same time, you can't beat Mother Nature when it comes to uh, just just all naturalness and beauty. And once it's gone, it's gone. And unfortunately, you're never going to bring it back. So uh, I, I'm a firm believer, you know, we have to try to preserve as much as we can as as often as we can. Amen. Yeah, you know, we need a working landscape, but there's so many things we can do, in my opinion, to have both, and we just need leaders who think that way. I'd like to, I'd like to see them open up about five 
casinos in this state and take the funding from them casinos to bring back to our taxes and our natural resources, our state parks, our fishing, you know, go to the DNR or whatever. But, you know, we got we got casinos now. You know, we're not getting any money out of that. The government government's got grants for them, and why could why can't we do it to pay our taxes and you know do a, do our our outdoor thing, you know, to, for for our parks and our roads and, and to take our you know supplement our taxes. And just think of the people you can put back to work. I'll try to condense all that down into a question for Game Fair, Chris. <laughs> That's a lot there. Well, if you if you think about it, Rob. You know, you know. I'd like to have you come up here one day, and we could go for a little ride, and I could, I could enlighten you. That's uh, we'll we'll talk about this, you know, privately. But I'd like to take you for a little ride and show you what's going on, and we could have a little talk, and you'd be, you'd just shake your head. You wouldn't oh, believe it. I know, I know. I've been up there before, but I'd still like to take you up on that offer, Chris. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, when you ever get up this way, you let me know. We'll go for a little. We'll go for a little ride. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think I might come with on that one because yeah. that does sound like a fun ride. Uh, real quickly, we're running a little bit short on time here, Rob. We want to get you going and let you enjoy the great day out there. But uh, before we go, um, grouse numbers, hit us with that quickly. Yeah, you know, the the specific numbers here in Minnesota, I'd ask folks to, to check out the latest issue of Outdoor News. They're down pretty much region-wide. Uh, I, I want to say is it 20 30% from last year. You know, last year was surprised us when we got the counts this you know, last spring. I was going to say last year was a real good year, from what I understand. Well, the, the going into it, we thought we were going to have a really good year. The actual hunting wasn't that good. You know, I went out a couple times in, in northeast Minnesota. There were a lot of reports like, "Where are all these birds?" We thought we were getting. Uh, so the actual hunting wasn't as good as the forecast. Uh, this year, the forecast maybe is more in line with what people saw last fall. Uh, we'll see how the actual hunting goes. Uh, kind of looming out there is West Nile virus. You know, Outdoor News, we've got papers in, in uh, you know, seven states going all the way out to New York. And this West Nile thing, they're really watching it closely in Pennsylvania. Our Wisconsin papers reporting a lot on it. Uh, Minnesota, we're looking at it more now. We're wondering, did this West Nile virus perhaps hit a lot of the young of the year birds last year? So we saw the birds in the spring count. They didn't show up in the fall, uh, the, the fall bag. Uh, is this West Nile virus playing a role here? Interesting right. stuff. I would have to think it has, because I, I did see a lot of grouse during deer hunting season last year. We don't hunt grouse where we deer hunt, but I, I see more grouse probably last year than, than I've seen in four or five years over where I hunt. The forecast suggested it was going to be one of the you know top five years in the past you know five decades. It was like, whoa, uh, this looks really good. but And it was a decent year statewide, but there were a lot of areas where you know expected more birds than we actually saw. Well, and how much of that too is you know we talk a lot about it with the with the fish populations and they do estimates and they you know they net a few here or they tag a few there and out here I the way I understand it is they go out and take drum counts. Well, I'm guessing depending on whether it's raining out or not raining out, whether it's hot or whether it's cool, whether it's a warm spring or a cool fall, you know, there's lots of different factors. I would think that would affect that just from the outside looking in. Am I wrong there or? Well, there could be some environmental factors, I guess, that could influence it. The only thing I would say, Stan, is they've been doing it a long time. They've been doing these surveys for you know, 75, 80 years, and every year they do it, they try to make adjustments. They try to they try to tune up the algorithm, the formula for for figuring out the number of birds to adjust for some of those environmental factors. So, I, I tend to think, like I say, this this algorithm formula is pretty tight. Um, 
but maybe it, it, it can't. It's not ready to adjust for something new like West Nile virus. So, how do people get a hold of you, Rob? And how do people get uh, signed up for the Outdoor News public publication? Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, anyone can email me anytime. Uh, my email is editor at outdoornews.com. Or uh, check us out online, outdoornews.com, or uh, you know, visit us. Visit our booth at Game Fair or the State Fair. Uh, just subscribe at the uh, at the at either of those events. You get a free cap. So stop by and say hi to the staff and, and get a free cap if you subscribe to the show. Always a pleasure to have you on, Rob Driesline of the Outdoor News. Thanks again for all your uh, knowledge and information today. That was a lot of fun. Anytime, guys. Sounds great. Take care. Take it easy. That is uh, Rob Driesline, Managing Editor of the Outdoor News. You can check him out at OutdoorNews.com. We've got one more segment to wrap things up here on Outdoor Adventures. Anything you'd like to pipe into the conversation, feel free to give us a shout. 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. We'll wrap up Outdoor Adventures coming up next. That hot old summer sun. Make you big for your next breath. So you best be on the creek bank late in the shade. Hopefully you're uh, enjoying the shade, maybe doing a little fishing, a little boating, a little drinksing, right, Kudak? Well, it's that weekend. You got you to, gotta, the last big hurrah before the kids go back to school. And the, the the fall season's kicking, the fall fishing, the fall, you know, the deer hunting, the grouse hunting, everything's coming up. It's funny you mention that the kids going back to school is, uh, you know, at the marina, all the parents are just elated that the children are going back to school. And, and it, and it kind of makes me wonder a little bit. It's like, I thought you loved your kids. Now, now you're kicking them out of the house after just three months? Well, <laughs> I was over and seeing my grandkids there the other day. Over in, over in Bol, over in Bolus there, and my my granddaughter she's in swimming. She's in uh, over at the holding four swimming team. And Landon he's going to be a fourth, the third or fourth grader this year. So on their first day of school, I am going to drive over there Tuesday morning, pick them up, and I'm going to give them a ride to school and drop them off. And I told them if I do this, we're going to take a picture of us, Grandpa dropping you off at school. <laughs> You'll Landon's be all over the internet. Ava's not so much. What, she don't like Grandpa or what? Or she just doesn't like your ugly mug on her uh, Facebook and Instagram or what? Well, she says, Grandpa, you know, if you take me to school and do that, I told her. And I said, yeah, we're going to take a selfie of us, Grandpa dropping you off at school on your first day of school. She says, Grandpa, all my girlfriends will want to get in the picture with you, you know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm going to go over and pick them up and pick them up some donuts for a little ride to school, and I'll give them a ride to school on their their first day of school. Well, they'll be good and and, uh, hopped up and sugared up then for the first day of school, thanks to you. I'm sure the uh, teachers will appreciate that in the the school district up there. But uh, coming up on Labor Day weekend already, it's hard to believe. Seems like we just got into summer, and now we we just chatted with uh, Tim here from Prescott Bay here a bit ago, and... You know, talking ice fishing already. The deer hunting season is almost here. I know the permits uh, for that. You got to get those in here this coming week. The deadline for that. You got grouse hunting coming up, duck hunting, goose hunting, pheasant hunting. Everything's changing. So, uh, boy, if you notice the acorn, I don't know if you have any oaks at your place, but man, oh man, are those acorns falling? It's just, just like bombs coming out of the sky all day long. Well, I was just talking with somebody about that this morning, about all the acorns in the woods. And I, I got behind my shed, my big pole shed, I got 
I got a bunch of acorn trees back there. And I mean, this year I got, you know, I got a few apple trees in my yard and they're just, I mean, the branches are, are look like they're going to break and acorns are everywhere. It's like driving on marbles back there. And you know what they got, the deer got a lot of food. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of deer, lots of pheasants in my driving around here the last, you know, the last month or so, lots of hens and lot, the little ones are getting big and, you know, it's it, it's going to be a good deer hunting season. I think it's going to be a good pheasant season around here. And, and I noticed the blackbirds when I was out working in the yard today, the blackbirds or the the robins or, you know, you don't see one anymore. You see a bunch of them. So I got a feeling we're going to have an early, early winter. You must have been uh, buying into that farmer's almanac thing. I saw something about uh, maybe a tough winter, but I don't know. Two, two tough ones in a row. A lot of people think last winter wasn't all that tough until we got that uh, snowstorm in April. Then everybody was definitely uh, sick of it. But I know looking at the temperatures here over the next couple of weeks, it looks like we're we're going to struggle to get into the low 70s. So, of course, that's going to drop some temperatures in the lakes. So, uh, I mean, how far away are we from uh, getting into that fall bite? Well, fall bite is probably, it's already started a little bit. The stuff is starting to move in now. Guys are pulling, still pulling lead core out of Mille Lacs. Uh, guys are bobber fishing. I had some. I had a group out on the launch last week. We, we were in nine feet of water. We caught a bunch of bunch of smallmouth. Uh, we caught a few walleyes. Um, you know, stuff is starting to starting to change. I mean, it's it's cool up here. It's been cool for the last few nights. Uh, good sleeping weather. I got all the windows in the house open up. If it just quit raining for for four or five days, we'd be okay. But uh, you know, the fall bite ain't far off. Well, that's good to hear. You're going to have to maybe uh, inform our listeners and myself as well. We maybe have to do a fall fishing special and and get a few tips from you. Well, we can do that. We can talk about you know the bobber fishing or the pulling the rapalas or or any you know stuff like that. But you know now is it, if a guy's looking to go fishing, you know the launches are still running. Terry's over in Garrison. They're doing. They're. I mean, I get postings and listings. I talk to them. You know, a couple of times a week, he's the launches have really been doing good. Dickie's launch, he's been really doing good. If you want to get a group to go fishing, you know, give them guys a call or give me a call. I'll set you up with the deal and, you know, get a group together. They got gas girls on there. It's a fun time to go now. Well, I'm uh, looking forward to the fall season and uh, the ice fishing season as well as summer's winding down. I know a lot of you maybe aren't looking too forward to fall, but uh, it's one of my favorite. It's definitely my favorite season, and besides spring, of course. But uh, you know, and going into the winter and just uh, sitting in the ice house, uh, nice and peaceful and quiet, and and I don't have to work as much in the winter. That helps too. Well, that's because you. You drill your hole and you can put your beverages in right next to your other hole and it keeps it cold for you. So you and the you and the secretary can go hide in the fish house. That is uh, definitely the truth. Uh, free ice all winter long for the uh, warm beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the secretary catches all the fish, takes them off, and she feeds you. So you're all happy. That is definitely correct, sir. You enjoy the weekend. Uh, stay out of trouble. I don't want to be getting any call from the. From the area sheriff's office up there. Well, they got your number on speed dial, so if, <laughs> if I need to get taken care of between you and LB, I, I figure I can get it taken care of. Sounds great, buddy. Enjoy the weekend. You too. I'll talk to you uh, during the week. Sounds good. That is legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Average Everyday Outdoorsman Stan Poggle and two-time reigning bottle bass champion. Stay tuned. Black Republican, Black Democrat is coming up at the top of the hour. 
Have a fun and safe time in the outdoors this Labor Day weekend, and we will chat to you next week here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app.